Countdown for blast off. X minus five, four, three, two, X minus one, fire. episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Edwards, and with me, of course, the save the empire to my damn the man, Mr. Robert Lundgren. How you doing? Hello, hello. What's that from, Jonathan? What's it from? I Damn the man, save the empire. Uh, I, off the top of my head, I'm not... The seminal sure. 90s classic Empire Records, my friend. Oh, that's why it sounds so damn familiar. <laughs> Oh, man. Can we just talk about the 20-plus-year love affair I've had with Liv Tyler for a moment? (laughs) Still in love with her. Still in love with her. She will forever and always be... You know what blew my my mind? I was watching the stuff from The Lord of the Rings, the, you know, expanded whatnots, and Liv Tyler shared a story of taking her dad to The Lord of the Rings movies, and and he's like, what did they do to your voice? Like, what did you do? And she's like, that's just my voice. I can do that. He's like, no way. And she's like, yeah, I'm an actress. And then she just did it. And it's like, yeah, that's just her pipes. She can just do that. That's rad. <laughs> I mean, she's the daughter of a major singer. Why? If It's not that surprising that she's got vocal range. I, I, I know, but her dad didn't believe it. And he, he's that guy. So, you know, I'm just saying. Just saying. I thought it was a cute story. Oh, man. Did you ever see uh, um, Stealing Beauty, her, her first film? Nope. <laughs> just i mean really good film really oh my god i was expecting to get yelled at like high fidelity and and heat and all that i guess it's um i guess it's not one of those movies this this one gets a pass because it's a total art flick and you're either into art flicks or you're not well at the time i think when it came out i was like 15 so no (laughs) it's a good movie it's a very interesting movie uh i I, you know it's been a long time since i watched it i wonder if it holds up as a parent now that i'm looking through at it with parental eyes i'm gonna have to watch it again there's a good chance i could come back and just completely throw this all away and be like oh my god no don't watch it fair enough sorry i was 17 18 when it came out anyway we're off topic jonathan because <laughs> we haven't talked in for so freaking long yeah 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 but i mean like we're doing better you know this is our second episode inside of a month we did have to skip one because of um me going to San Diego for for the services, but uh, we're back on. We're back. We're back. And as always, one of the first things we need to do, thank you. Thank you so much to all our patrons over at Patreon. You guys are helping us keep the lights on and the servers are humming. Thank you so much. Thank you for being patient with us as we worked through real life stuff, which, which uh, kind of gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's been piling up. It's been crashing into us. No joke, man. Both of us. Both of us. Yeah, you more so than me, but still have a sick cat. But air conditioner, I guess. I don't know. Anyway. Har, Jonathan. It be talk. National talk like a pirate day. Darn. <laughs> be it now, Robert. Yeah. Yes, it be. Yes, it be. Yes. Robert. Hmm? Do you know which fast food is a pirate's favorite? Mmm. It be our Arby's. Arby's. <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> Uh, hold on. Sorry, sorry. I haven't said this joke for so freaking long. All right, Jonathan, that pause was so pregnant it had twins. How many letters be on a pirate's keyboard? 
One, just an R. No, no, you'd be mistaken, matey. It'd be the R and the seven C's. Oh, <laughs> I like that one. That's a total of eight, my friend. Eight. <laughs> R, that'd be tickling my fancy. <laughs> you'd be doing well there, boy. Yep, it is National Talk Like a Pirate Day. So talk like a pirate. You said hashtag National Talk Like a Pirate Day. So, so, so fun, fun reminiscent story about my dad, because this is where my brain just lives these days. Mm -hmm. One day, about 10, 15 years ago, he hands me his phone. He's like, I'm so frustrated. I I don't know what I did to the Facebook. He called it the Facebook. And I said, what did you do to the Facebook? Everything is just looks weird. And it, 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 nothing, nothing is in English. And so I look at his Facebook. He somehow switched the language to pirate. (laughs) <laughs> so everything was like or you know like what your uh like what your status be and stuff like <laughs> he just switched the language to pirate so i just switch it back to english for him that was a thing back in the day should we should we talk about the uh the deep conversation we've had about about you know boomer parents and not telling us anything <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, do you want to? I'm okay with it. I mean, sure. This is this is stuff that's been going on. So we, Jonathan and I, have had two deep conversations about you know parents and boomers and whatnot. So let, let, let us impart our wisdom onto you. How, where would you like to begin? There's two things I think that are, are deserving of PSA. <laughs> do you want to start it? Tell your parents to to make arrangements for hiding certain objects in their house. We, we've been over that. We've been there and done that. We've been there and done that. All right. Well, well we already mentioned the first one. <laughs> I tell one. you I found more when I was out there? Oh, God. God. No. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. <laughs> I opened a cupboard and that's, that, those were the words out of my mouth. Is this safe for the podcast or should we save it for later? <laughs> uh, you just, like, it was just more of the same. Just more of the same. Because for some reason, you know, you, you, there, there was Costco quantities purchased. Just like, why? 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 <laughs> Didn't even realize that came in a three pack, but hey. What? Finger? <laughs> no, 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 no. It was uh, the, the, the lube and the rubbers. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Three packs. It's <sighs> convenient, I guess. I, I guess. I guess. All right. All right. Well, we talked about the first one. Uh, we, we both have had a conversation about how our boomer parents have like not told us anything. Like, like my, oh my God. Yeah. Like my dad's like the CIA. Like it's like trying to get a, a, a same with mine, like the freedom of information. Like, you know, if you ask him something about his childhood and you're really specific about it, he'll tell you the story. My dad will tell you the story, but you like have to know what to ask. And it's like, yes, you can't just ask broad general questions. Like what was life like when you were at your house, when you were aged eight to 12? Mm-hmm. You know what the best answer I got from that out of my old man was? No. The best answer I ever got from my dad was like, it's like a Christmas story. That really reminds me of it. And that was pretty much all I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this entire process of me going through his items and pulling out personal items versus just the detritus of life. Um, it's just been very interesting because I've learned so much about who my dad was as a person that he never let on to my sister or I. Like, my sister and I have been talking back and forth like the, during this entire process and like we're routinely shocking each other with things that we find that we had no idea he was interested in or into or things like that. It was just nuts. 
Apparently my uh, grandfather was a Freemason. Had no idea. That's not that shocking. A lot of people were Freemasons back in the day. That's cool, though. No, I know. I know. But like, it was just not a thing that was ever discussed. Well, you don't talk. Didn't, you don't talk about the Masons, dude. That's the first <laughs> role of the Masons. All kinds of stuff. I found weird things, too. Like uh, I opened up one box and I found a, a 50, uh, 50 Deutschmark note from 1933. It was a, a Reichmark, hmm. which I think came from my grandfather's. Um, my grandfather owned an uh, electrical and radio warehouse back in the early 1900s. And I think that somebody just paid him with it. And he just thought it was interesting because it came from another country. I found it next to like money from Yugoslavia to give you an idea of how old it was. <laughs> and nice. um, yeah, I just think he kept it out of curiosity and just like weird things like that. I just keep finding them. And my dad never told me any stories about this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we've we've been talking, and like I I gave all my kids open open freedom. I said, look, if you have a question or you want to learn about something or you want to know about something, just come and ask me. I will tell you everything. I will tell you more than you need to know. I will overreact to this and and give you way more than you wanted. Our second our second PSA for everybody is uh, it's 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 hard it's hard going through that stuff. So the thing that both you and I have talked about that we've had with our kids is uh, we've told people like. If you want to remember us, if you want to make sure you keep something that I find important because, you know, and you don't want to like sift through stuff and try to guess, I will just tell you what I would like you to keep right now to remember me, you know, and, and everything else, just do whatever you want with it. You know, if it makes you happy, keep it. If it doesn't make you happy, get the cash and go make yourself happy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. My, my, my father held on to everything and like going through it, you get this overwhelming feeling of, of, I feel like I'm erasing this person from history because, you know, you only have room for so much stuff in your life. Yeah, exactly. And some of that stuff, like it obviously had a lot of significance and importance to him, but I have no frame of reference. And so therefore it's not significant to me, but you still feel really guilty getting rid of it, which kind of sucks. So, um, yeah, like I, I had a talk with my kids and I'm going to continue to reiterate to them after I go, anything you see, like if, if, if it reminds you of me and you, you get joy out of it and you have room for it and you want to keep it, go right ahead, but don't feel obligated to, there is nothing in here. I'm not going to haunt you because of the decisions you made about what you kept and what you didn't. It's just stuff. And when I'm gone, I don't really need stuff because I'm gone. So it's that easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I told my kids the only thing I'm really attached to that I would like one of them to have and keep to remember me by is uh, I made a little plaque of uh, 10th Planet Games stuff from the old shop. And uh, you know, there you go. You know, it has like the key and an old gift card. And just that's pretty much it. But yeah, just put that on your wall somewhere because I'm, I'm really proud of that store. I still just randomly scrolling through Facebook and stuff. When I scroll through Facebook randomly, I, I get pictures of people who are doing things together and I know they met at my store. Hell, I know if somebody ended up marrying somebody at, because they met at my store and I'm, I'm really happy about that. Aww. I'm really happy about that. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's the best thing. That's probably the best thing I've, I've done for humanity in my life. I, I made friendships, which is rad. So and who knows, maybe one day I'll be partially responsible for Little Humans too, which would make me happy t- as well. But yeah, food for every, thought. Every time I go by that part of the city, it makes me sad because they, they still haven't built anything where they knocked down the old strip mall that you were in. Oh, they knocked it down now? Ah, nice. Oh, yeah, it's been knocked down for about a year now. Uh, of course, they haven't done anything with it because a mall, man, a mall. A mall is obviously what yeah, this world needs. really what we need. It's more retail space. Right, yeah. Retail is so healthy these days. Uh-huh. So healthy. Uh-huh. 
I, I had the same thing when I was back in San Diego. I was going around and I, I wanted to show the kids some of the places that I live, or th- that I worked. And like my first job was a movie theater. That movie theater has gone. Uh, the bookstore that I worked at gone. The, uh, first game store that I worked at gone. That entire mall I found out just got sold. It's all going to be gone and redeveloped into more uh, overpriced apartments. It's, it's just nuts. It feels like my entire childhood is just getting wiped off the planet. You know, it's still there for you. I found out when I took uh, the summer vacation to uh, Santa Cruz. Burritos, baby. Freaking burritos. Because my cotijas on, on Voltaire, still going strong. Nice. You know what else is there? The filming location from the Lost Boys in Santa Cruz, the comic book shop, still there. They still have five copies of Vampires Everywhere up on the wall. It's amazing. It's great. That's awesome. You can get your picture That's taken awesome. with them. I did, and it was awesome. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny that you say that because I, I, when we watched Top Gun, I, I'd mentioned to the kids a lot of this was filmed in, in San Diego, and they were, they were asking me about locations, like the first Top Gun, the original. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's Kansas City Barbecue. That used to be over here. It burned down. It's gone. Can't, couldn't show them that. Like, it just the, the restaurant where they, they're at the end where they're watching the planes kind of take off in the background, that whole building's gone destroyed now it's a uh, i think it's, it's where the, the rental car center is it's just nuts man it's all just like wiped out was that heavy enough to start our show off with yeah we got it we got to build the structure top heavy so it all comes crashing down later <laughs> that's not gonna be hard <laughs> all right moving right along we haven't even gotten out of the announcements yet um that is the end of the announcements. no no no. Okay. we got one more we got one more no no there's more announcements yeah uh, so we were talking about it and the uh, Stephen King stuff and talking about movies and TV with the strike going on was it started feeling a little weird. Start feeling especially because I noticed like I mean, we're nobodies. We're nobodies. But I started noticing random TikTokers were actively not talking about things they've been watching on TV. Like uh, I, I, I didn't watch it. But when the latest episode of, of that Star Wars show happened. I, 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 so many people didn't even say that they were just talking about like, Oh, it was so good. And they were going really wide about just naming it. So they wouldn't promote it. And, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about that too. And I, I, I am totally with much more of the writers than the actors, but I'm with both of them because damn the man save the empire. So, you know, we were just talking about that. So we've decided that we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna do what we can to support the strike. So we're gonna, we're gonna put the king of all things on pause. We'll talk about that and more. It's just a pause. I'm sure this will get uh, yeah, sorted it, out. It'll get soon. sorted out eventually. But yeah, we'll put it on pause for now. For now. We'll talk about that when we get to it. Because uh, we got we got some ideas. Or we don't have any ideas. Actually, that's the problem. Um, but also uh, <laughs> uh, movies and TV. Uh, we're gonna try to we're gonna try to to stick and, and show our support with the, the Screen Actors Guild. And so we will try not to talk about anything new, I guess, because that seems to be what, what people are focused on. You don't you don't promote the 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 struck work and, and stop me if I'm wrong, but like talking about old things seems okay that, you know, were made ages ago, but like, yeah, the new stuff. Well, I mean, they were, they were, they were made when there was an agreement in place. Yeah. Yeah. So if anybody, if anybody has more feelings about that, about how far back we can talk about things or should we just not talk about the new stuff? I'm definitely not talking about the new stuff. Like I, no, I have, no new stuff. I have definitely watched some new stuff because you know what kind of fandom I'm in and there has been stuff in it, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, and it's been good, Jonathan, but screw them. Yeah, we're just trying to stay conscious of what's going on with the strike and who's on strike and who's not on strike. So apparently AMC is all good. They they signed an interim agreement. 
A twenty four isn't part of it, so cool. Let's let's talk about Hereditary and stuff. I don't know. I don't even know what their latest movie is, and uh, uh, BBC stuff because that's British. <laughs> that's not part of Hollywood, baby. So there you go. But uh, yeah, we'll we're just gonna try to be con- conscious of it, and just not for the duration. Because you know what, you know, stand with them actors. They deserve to get fair pay. It's just a, a showing of respect. And, showing of respect. and protection from fracking AI, because holy God. Dude, I have fooled around with ChatGPT and anybody who says that you you should write a script that a freaking AI pissed out of its mouth, like, no, no. Like, AI is the most pedantic, middle-of-the-road, safe whatever, ever. Like, it's not, it doesn't come up with anything even remotely interesting. Oh, did, did, did AI write the script for Supernova, which I watched? We'll be talking about that in a moment. hi Anyway, yeah, yeah. It's going to be real hard to keep the positive podcast when I talk about that movie. Oh, lordy, it was terrible. All right, moving right along. Anyway, if people have opinions and want to educate us, especially if you're in SAC, <coughs> Ray, <coughs> we didn't play games yesterday, Ray. I wanted to talk to you about that, Ray. But you were busy with real life stuff, so I should, probably shouldn't be making a joke out of it. Uh, yeah, just let us know because we want to be, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing. Jonathan. All right. Well, then let us move on to our first official segment. That is, of course, our off-the-shelf segment, where we talk about all the wonderful things that we've had off of our shelves into our respective tables and or media players and or digital devices, and most importantly, into our hearts. Robert, where do you want to get started today? Uh, I don't know. Uh, man, the only thing I've I've actually got anything remotely new to add to the talk is is movies and tv so let's save that for last let's start where i have nothing to contribute jonathan board games board games i don't i don't have a whole lot i've been playing a whole lot of undaunted a whole lot i picked up undaunted stalingrad and undaunted battle of britain uh which one of which we will be actually deep diving today and yeah it's been a lot of undaunted uh at my house which is awesome and makes me super happy and, of course, um, both the physical and digital versions of Welcome To. Uh, you and I were in a game together, and uh, I was doing really well until it all just fell apart and I could not get a card to save my life. Yeah, yeah. I was doing okay, too. I ended up in second, but Ray beat me by, like, 20 points. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Ray has the luck, man. Ray has the luck. I, I had the luck a couple of games ago. There was a couple of games I was way behind, so I started playing Risky, and I got every card I needed, like, perfectly. Exactly when I needed it. It was amazing. Sometimes, sometimes you get, you literally get the luck of the draw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and it's just, it's, it's what you do. If you're behind, you take risks because you're not going to get oh, ahead. Yeah. I, and, and I played a, a reasonably risky strategy and it was all going really, really well until it wasn't. Well, and early in the game, you can, you can do whatever, but you gotta, I, I, I made the mistake of, I, I walked into the end game and all I needed was numbers below five and below. And that, that's a bad plan in that game. That's a bad plan. I know better than that. I wasn't even realizing. Yeah, essentially I was, that's, that's the same thing that trapped me. I was, I was trying to, I, I was playing too many central numbers, uh, right off the bat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's the game I've been playing too. Anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much it on the, the. The board game front, I don't want to talk too much about the Undaunted games I've been playing just simply because we're going to be deep diving all of them, one of them today, so that would take away from that discussion. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, let's move on to reading. 
All right, reading. Um, let's see. I had just started, I think, on our last episode, I just started uh, Dragon Slayer, the second book in the Conversion se- series, which I was really late to get to because of life stuff. I did finish that, um, and now I've started the third book, which just came out last week, um, First Strike, and I'm about, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the way through it, so I'm hoping I can have that done reasonably quick. I'm overdue for a nonfiction book, so I think my next book's going to be nonfiction. I'm thinking about reading American Prometheus, which is the movie that uh, Oppenheimer's based off of. You mean the book Oppenheimer's based off of, but yeah. Or, yeah, the, I'm the, here now. the book that the movie Oppenheimer is based off of is where I was trying to go desperately with that. Uh, cool. But I was not successful. Anything else? So, yeah, that's, no, that's it for me on books. Like oh. I have not had a ton of time, so I've not been able to read as much as I might want to. Yeah, I uh, I picked up from the library the Pentagon's Brain, the uh, the DARPA book. Oh, is that uh, 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 the same writer as the one that the two that we've read? Name? The two, Annie. Yeah, Annie? A- Annie something or other. The book's like ten feet behind me, but I'm attached to this thing by my head, so I'm not going to go reach for it because I have to take on my headphones. I have to get up. It's just too much work. But it's right there. I can see you. So you are reading it. I'll make that my next one. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm not for American Prometheus. I'm not terribly far into it, but um, it's interesting. It's interesting. I'm uh, all of her books have been, mm-hmm. frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was I was hoping for more crazy out of the psychic book. I wanted more crazy, but we'll see where where this DARPA thing ends up. It's fun stuff. Uh, and then I have been going further down the rabbit hole of just uh, reading uh, the Pendragon RPG, the starter set that I bought. I've been going through that and uh, the library of all places has the core rule book. Um, I'd probably have bought it by now, but they're going to release a new version soon. TM it's like next on the list of things to release, but they haven't said if or when it'll come out in the next year or so. So I'm like, do I just wait? Do I get the 5.2? I don't know. It's very annoying. I don't want the 5.2. That's the one where it talks about how you can't play women because it's not realistic in your game about, you know, governments created by women who throw swords at people. You know, it's just, it's just, I don't get it. Whatever. But yeah, I still like that game. I It, it scratches this itch I've wanted to do forever because I, I was doing that D&D game where uh, everybody was playing nobles and it just didn't work because the system, D&D is not designed to do that, you know? But this this game is, which is nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm digging about it. It's, it's very much designed that you're in a noble house and you, you're making up your, your house as you go and stuff like that. And it's, it's cool. I like that idea. So we will see how it pans out. We will see. I'm probably, it's probably, I've never read Once in Future King. It's been on my list forever. Like, like it's been on something I've been meaning to do forever and ever and ever and ever. And I read The Mists of Avalon ages ago, but holy God, holy God, that author. Uh, I don't think I'm going to read that book again because reminds me of... (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. What's the... Oh, you don't know about Marion Zimmer Bradley? I don't want to talk about Mm -mm. that, man. That's heavy. Go, uh, uh, just go... Hold on. I'll just send you the link to the part of the Wikipedia article. You can't tease me like this. I don't want to say it out loud. We're a family-friendly podcast. Go read the Wikipedia article. It's it's a hoot. It's not a hoot. It's awful. It's terrifying. That's why I'm not going to read that book again. I got to pick a new Arthurian legend book that I, I want to read. So No, you are absolutely right in not doing that. that is, <laughs> yeah. That is 100% the right instinct. Yeah. But yeah, Once in Future King, it's the classic. I mean, frick, the Sword of the Stone was based off of it. So 
I should I should read it. I love the Sword in the Stone. That's great. That's a great little little movie. The Disney one. Mm-hmm. I like the Disney one. All right, you want to do uh, uh, video games or movies and TV? Video games. Let's do movies and TV last because that's. Yeah. All right, video games. Brace yourself. I've actually had a chance to play a lot because I was off for two weeks, uh, and so I had some spare time and my Steam Deck with me, which let me get through some stuff. Go. Been playing a lot of Generation Zero with uh, some friends of mine. Uh, that continues to be a very, very fun survival game uh, with a really good aesthetic. And yeah, it's super fun. I highly recommend it. It's not for everybody. I totally get that. But if you're into a open world survival game with some mysterious things and stompy robots that are trying to kill you. Oh, was this was this this a free game on the PlayStation? I think I have it. You want to play anytime, anytime. Oh, hell. Okay. I, I usually play it on PC, but it's cross save, cross progression, so it's I'm good to go wherever you wherever you want to go. Yeah, let's we should make a date for that because I, I was curious about that game, but it seemed like it had a bit of a learning curve. But if I could pal around it with does, you, it does. It does, but it's um, and it works. It, it does not work very well unless you're with a group. It's not a game you play alone. Okay. Okay. Uh, tried the Starfield. I heard it's Skyrim in space for all the good and the bad that is. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. I mean, it's it's very pretty. It runs really nicely. It's it's by far the the least amount of bugs I've seen in a large open world RPG like this in a long time. Still, it's a Bethesda game. Just saying. Uh, it, this is very polished. My my experience so far has been very polished. Okay, I should say. Have you got? Uh, there's all these TikToks where, like, apparently one of the common bugs is like you'll be talking to an NPC and then somebody will just like photobomb you and like stick their face right into your camera. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I got a giggle out of it. I, I thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, if that's uh, that appears to be the worst like bug, that, it, I it, see that pop up all the time on TikTok, and it's hilarious. But if that's the worst bug, I mean, that's that's honestly. Like, have you good. seen the Have you seen the What are you doing meme with the the Hey, what are you doing? Me? <laughs> Nothing. Just hanging around. That, that's what it is essentially. <laughs> Just hanging around. Uh, played some Armored Core 6 from software, knows how to make some really good, really good looking games that are really freaking hard. That's what I've heard. I've heard it's like Elden Ring, but with robots. But it's not impossible hard. That's just the thing. It's just you have to you have to replay missions a fair amount to unlock a decent amount of cash because it's it's all about buying parts, right? And once you've got the parts that you can experiment with your mech, when you get stuck on a mission, it, it's it's not so much like your skill that's the problem. Generally speaking, it is just you have not um, you have not figured out the right build for it. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So I, just kind of know that going in and don't get frustrated. It just means that you don't have the right build and you need to go replay some easier missions, get some parts, and 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 try again with a different with a different thought process. I played Firewatch. Is that the walking simulator where you're at a at a Firewatch thing in the mountains? Talking, yes. talking to a lady on the radio. That game is brilliant. I've heard. I've really wanted to play it. That is one of the best designed and well-written games I've played in a long time. All right. Say no more. I'll, I'll put it on my list. If it gets, it gets down to like four or five bucks on the PlayStation, I'll just get it then. For those of you that have Game Pass, it's on Game Pass right now. Well worth it. So yeah, because of, because of Firewatch, I ended up getting this game called Under the Waves that's kind of a, a similar... Um, Similar idea, I guess you could say. And it too has been brilliant and well-written. 
Although you could tell that it was not originally written in um, English. I, I think that there's some kind of like funky translation things going on. None that none that break anything per se, but it's just one of those things where you're like, oh yeah, that's not... Have you played uh, What Remains of Edith Finch? Edith Finch, is that the name? No, not yet. And now that you bring that up, I'm... I'm because I've now gotten into this genre of game, I'm becoming increasingly curious about yeah, it. Yeah, everyone, everyone's gone to the Rapture, too, is pretty good. I played both of those. That's why I wanted to play Firewatch, because I liked both of those. I need to finish Under the Waves, and then I will... I, I think Edith Finch is on uh, Game Pass, too. Yeah, it was on PlayStation for free, too. That's how I played it. And, and also, everyone's gone to the Rapture. Because it was free on PlayStation, I, I also downloaded Saints Row, the, the remake. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did, too. <laughs> I haven't played it, but I, I did, too. I mean, it's not great, but it's co-op, and so therefore I think it could be fun as long as you play it with somebody. Hmm. Okay. It feels just like the old Saints Row games. I never played any of them, to be honest with you, so I don't know anything about them. I played the... I played up to four. I didn't play any of the expansions. Aren't they... Aren't they... What, didn't they start life as a GTA clone and then just get... It started life as a GTA clone and then just progressively got wackier and wackier until you were running around with a giant floppy dildo. And then the last one, like, you could totally legit get superpowers and become, like, a superhero. There you go. And that was fun. But how do you... Where do you go from there? So they, they rebooted it. And this one's a lot more basic, kind of similar to the original Pour one out for, for Volition, by the way. Did you see that news yesterday? I did see that news yesterday. Yeah. 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 Let, let's just say that it, playing this game, sadly, not their best effort because they have made some really good games in that 30 years and this was not one of them. Fair enough. But again, like, could be awesome in a, uh, in a co-op, uh, you know, experience. Okay. The, this next one's the one I'm interested in because I, I am hesitant to get it for a myriad of reasons. You shouldn't be. You should not be. Okay. Okay, we're talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Okay, so here, here are my two main problems with it. One, um, my good friend who's really, really into D&D didn't like it because he was playing the very, very early access of it and he didn't like the way they were implementing the 5th edition rules. It bugged him because they weren't following the rules. They, well, But it's... At the time, it might, okay. it might have been closer to more divinity than D&D at that point. They've had, it, this was very, like, the very earliest of early access. Look, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say something that, I don't know. I don't know if this will be controversial or what, but I'm just going to say it anyway. You have to approach this the same way that you approach uh, uh, a movie of your favorite book. It is an adaptation that focuses on being a good video game first. It's not focusing itself on being an accurate D&D simulator. But then it does because it makes you make rolls and it does all the stats and skills the right way. I've, I've heard a lot about it. it but it's, it's not trying to be a D&D simulator. It, it's picking and choosing the rules that make sense to make it a good video game. Fair, and it's doing the fair, wink, wink, nudge, fair, nudge fair enough. To, to make you feel good about um, the source. I said myriad of reasons. That was merely one. Um, the other one is he was complaining about the main characters, including the... Uh, the uh, the vampire rogue that you get really early on and how much you hated him and I've I've since watched videos of that rogue and I, I would hate him too so like I'm not sure the writing is good because you know it's not a it's not the original creators who are just known for having good writing generally I mean look I can't I can't speak to what people are and are not going to like in terms of the writing. I can say this: I've been having a lot of enjoyment with it. And here's my third one. Here's my third one. I know you you can. Uh, 
manipulate your 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 genitals and, and all of that. And I, I, it's rated M because of that. And I'm worried it's going to be like The Witcher, which is yet another game I can't play in front of my children. So I don't play it as much. You can turn it all off. You can turn it all off. Okay. Okay. I just you 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 have the option. It's not. It's the nudity doesn't bother me as much. Uh, if it's rated M, it might be violent or disturbing. Like like I said, like I I can't play The Witcher in front of my kids, and it's yeah. you know because there's monsters no, and gore. You, and, you have the option of, of turning nudity off. You have the option of basically, for lack of a better term, neutering the sexuality of it. There's there's a lot of really good options in there to make it the game that you need it to be. I guess you could say. Okay. Okay. Depending on where your comfort lies. I'm also a little worried because my, my friends were playing it hard for like the first week and then they have since backed off of it pretty pretty substantially, surprisingly substantially. Like they play it all together like once a week and then they don't play it at all, which is weird to me. I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. I don't know. I'm, I'm having a good time with it. I'm having a very good time with it. And it's co-op, so that, that, that instantly enamors it to me because that yeah. makes any game better. I, I completely agree. Also, it's kind of a choice right now. I either get to play City Skylines 2 or that, and I, I, I yeah. <laughs> City Skylines 2 is currently winning that argument, even though it's not going to be up for a couple months. I just spent a lot of money on my air conditioner. My fun budget is oh. is really bad right now. So bad. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. So much this money. Is, this is going to be like a good freaking winter of games, too. Mortal Kombat's coming out this week, and I don't know what I'm going to do because I, too, had to spend a metric crap ton of money. Yeah, and you're, you're staring down an air conditioner, too. <laughs> yeah that's one of the next things on my list yeah that'll be a fun fifteen thousand dollar day yeah yeah i yeah that was my choice we could put a band-aid on it and just fix it you know i'm in the exact same boat and it's like you know like honestly what threw us over the edge is we could afford to do it and the new system will run more efficiently so it'll start saving us money sooner yeah that's kind of where i'm sitting right now all right, so uh, speaking of City Skylines 2, I've been playing City Skylines 1 because they finally got everything on it on the remastered edition that plays much better on the PS5. And I got to tell you, like uh, they for the PS5 version, they put in the, uh, instead of having nine squares, you have 25 squares, and it really opens the map up, and it's quite quite lovely. I've been having a really good time building a giant-ass city, and I'm just wondering there when it's going to completely obliterate my PlayStation because it's getting slower and slower as my population goes up. and what's funny about it is um so i was playing the original one on the playstation 5 and that thing ran like it was so fast with its simulations like early on it was so fast and i noticed the remaster slowed it down but like the curve of it slowing down was not nearly as like extreme as the uh as running the ps4 version on the ps5 does that make any sense like the early game is slower and then, but the mid game, you know, like it kind of evened out and then now it's still kind of the curve isn't, you know, as up and down. It's much more of a broad curve. So it's still running pretty good, even though I'm like, I'm currently actually, I've got the biggest city I've ever had. It's got 127,000 people, which, you know, 127,000 little data points doing their day, daily stuff. It's pretty cool. That is cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. They, they added in this like super hub that's got, uh, it's got tram lines a monorail station, a underground subway station, and a, two above-ground subway stations, two above-ground train stations, and that's it. But it's I, I, I made it my mission in life to have all of that going at once, and it's so fun just watching all the little people walk around it. You know, The monorail goes to the, the amusement park area that I built, 
and then the trains are, you know, out of town trains and, you know, this, the various sub, it's just so, it's so satisfying watching all these old people walk around. I love it. And the, uh, the hype train has started for city skylines too. Uh, the, the one guy I really like, he it's city planner plays. He's, he's an actual factual city planner in Michigan somewhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he, every so often he, he talks anecdotes about actual factual city planning while he's doing the game. Um, and then when he's building a city, he makes up these little stories that are super cute where, you know, like, you know, it's like somebody wants to build an amusement park and then the mayor wants to do this. And so they compromise and, you know, and, you know, and then while he, cause while he made up his little headcanon about why he's building this new area, he, t- he typically will talk about like, yeah, this is based off of something I really saw. Uh, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like, that's, that's just kind of rad. I like that guy. And it's just, it, he's city planner plays. That's, that's his YouTube channel. It's quite, it's quite lovely. What a neat little niche. That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That guy's rad. Been playing Destiny 2. I actually got to get going soon. Yeah, we got to we got to wrap this up, B uh, or J. Because <laughs> uh, we we were doing a dungeon and we got to the last boss, and then uh, my, my buddy Corey had a, a work emergency, so he had to go. So we got it. We're like at the last boss now. The boss battles are long. It's going to take us like 20, 30 minutes to do it, but like we're there. Like we when we log in, we can just start. So it'll be nice. That's well, shall, shall we power through TV to get you back? To Hold it? on, one more thing, one last thing. Uh, you heard, I probably cut it out, but you heard a little bit of it, Jonathan. I pulled out my SNES classic that I bought ages ago because my boys have been kind of interested in like the old Mario games. Cause they, we were watching stuff on it and, and they kept asking me questions. I'm like, let's do this. And you know, what has been, I'm, I'm sending you a picture of, of my desk right now because I, th- I find it so funny that you have done that. Do you know what the game my boys are fighting over fighting over like, like crying like upset when when things don't go their way on it you know what game it is uh super mario brothers the rpg the legend of the seven stars they are they both dude, that, that that game is legit tough it's not just that they they just want to play it so bad like they love it they love the numbers they love that it's mario they're they're oh look, you, look at what i've been playing oh you've got one of those Ooh. I've wanted one of those. But look, I've got I've got a Jungle Book cartridge and a Super Street Fighter 2 cartridge in there at the same time. Yeah, you got one of those multiplayers. Yeah, there's one that somebody makes that yeah. also does GBA games, and I have a whole bunch of old GBA games that I really want. It's the same company. They have like a 5 and a 7 yeah. variant. This is just the 3 variant. Yeah, I've thought about just getting their GBA player because I've got a bunch of old Game Boy Advance games that I, I bought when the GameCube had that. I bought the GameCube thingy. <laughs> Remember the GameCube? You could play uh, Game Boy Advance games on it. Oh, yeah. There was an adapter for it. Yeah, I bought that. And I played. That's how I played Metroid Fusion. That was good stuff. <laughs> I was. I need to get the new, the Metroid uh, remaster. Oh, the, the Metroid the Prime remaster? It's not the trilogy. Yeah, it's just I the really first do. one. It's just the first one. It sucks. Well, I thought it was all three. No. <laughs> no, it's not, sadly. The rumor is that the Switch 2 is coming and the two and three will be on. I mean, I think we all know that's inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, man. They, I do. They want to not print money. All they got to do is release the switch Two, which literally just plays. You can put your old switch games into it and it's just the switch. But I better. sure hope they have backwards compatibility because like got a lot of switch games in this house. I know. I, I think we own three switches. Yeah, no, I hope I, I'm pretty sure they will. Four switches. Excuse me. We own four switches. Yeah. I just did the math. Yeah. Anyway, yes, Jonathan, the Super Mario RPG, which they're re-releasing too. They've remade it, and it's coming out again. And I'm going to buy it like an idiot for seventy dollars. I know I am. I know I am. Um, you and me both. Don't act like you're alone in this madness. 
I'm right there with you. Yeah, but the boys have been playing the SNES version and they love it. They love it. You, you know what game I've been playing lately that I'd forgotten was a, 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 re- a, a really quite good platformer? Hmm. Quackshot starring Donald Duck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was great when it came out. So good. Mm-hmm. So good. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been playing through it. And I, I keep saying to myself as I'm playing it, like, wow, this is like so far ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I played uh, Super Mario Land 2, Yoshi's Island. That That game's great. Oh yeah, no, that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Anyway, all right, let's go to let's go to TV. I'm gonna go first because I don't have a ton. Uh, this is Sag Safe, uh, Doctor Who. We we are still watching it. We are having a hard time slogging through Clara. My daughter hates Clara with a passion, with a pa- with a passion. Just just loathes her. I, I I told her it's like you got to keep soldiering on. She dies, and she's like, oh really? I want to see that. So. <laughs> Dark. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Aowen's Aowen's a little dark. Aowen's a little dark. <laughs> oh, have you met Amelia? <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I got nothing. She's, oh God, she scares the hell out of me, man. <laughs> she is the scariest of my children. She legit was watching a movie the other day. Uh, what was it? 65. Uh, she wanted to watch it. And I'm like, honey, this is, this is probably really scary. I don't know if this is a good idea for you. She's like, no, daddy. This is fine. It's just monsters. And I hope they eat all the people. I'm like, okay. All right. Nice. De- you're definitely my daughter. Well, speaking of that, I had the pleasure of showing my daughter Alien for the first time on Saturday night. Oh, how good was it? Oh, so I love my daughter. I love her to death. Um, the frustrating thing about her is she is so very much like me but she's a girl. And so it's like, it's like this weird version of me that I see through like a funhouse mirror. And because of that, she doesn't necessarily like all the same stuff I like, you know? And a lot of it has yeah. to do with, she doesn't have a lot of time for anything that doesn't have like more than a token female character in it. You know, like she doesn't really like Ghostbusters because Dana Barrett, say what you will about her. She's not the star of that show in the slightest, you know, she's, no. she's a plot device. No, I and, get that. and she doesn't, she doesn't have time for any of that. Like any of that back to the future. Fuck. Like she just doesn't care. But then, but then we were watching alien and, and she, you know, Ripley, man, she got into it. She got into it, you know? And, and I, I remember, mean, how can you not Ripley's a badass? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember you sent me that video. I, I think it was, it was, it was Chloe. <laughs> that, that was Chloe. That was Chloe watching it for the first time. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. Like at the end, <laughs> at the end, I'll she's like, forget when she's like, Oh no girl, they're dead. <laughs> Yeah, she, yeah. Anyone was watching this, and she's like, "You got this, girly pop. You got this. You're you're fine. You're fine, girly pop." And then she's like, "She left the cat. I hope she, I hope that bitch dies." They don't. Uh, and, then she, and then she goes, and she's like, "Oh, she went back for the cat. Yeah, you got this, girly pop. You got this." <laughs> but yeah, she. Um, I was I was really impressed. Like, um, she was pointing out stuff. She's like, "Wow, this movie's so quiet. It really makes it tense, you know." And she was like thinking about that stuff. I'm like, "Wow." Wow, you're 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 11 going on like I don't know how old, but yeah, it was it was it was a lot of fun, uh, and and I'm like, you want to watch the sequels? And she's like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, like Aliens is legit really good, um, but Alien three and four, <laughs> but after that we, we have a distinct <laughs> drop in quality, and, and and then and then this is how I know she's my daughter. Uh, she she looks at me and is like, are they are they good bad? And I'm like. Alien 3, Alien 4, though, yeah. Alien 3 is good, bad. <laughs> Alien 3, it, it has... Let, its... Let's not forget that that was a young David Fincher. Fair. Maybe maybe watching it now, I will have better... A- Alien 3's big problem is that the studio decided it knew better than David freaking Fincher. 
True. But Alien Resurrection is is just it's like B movie nonsense. No, that's legit a terrible film. That's a terrible film. It's it's entertaining. It's, terrible, it's never it's never boring. Film. It doesn't commit the sin of being boring, which is good, but it is it is pretty bad. So but she likes that. She likes making fun of bad movies. So she she'll have a good time. So I'm I am looking for she wants to watch all of them, all four of them. I'm like all right, what about are you gonna take her down the Prometheus track? I don't know. I'll ask her about it when we get Because you know they got the they got another one coming. Oh, really? I thought it was just Alien and or Prometheus and Alien Covenant. They're making another one? No, there's another one on the way. Oh, swell. <laughs> I don't know how Ridley's getting these things greenlit, man. Yeah, I know, right? Anyway, that's it. Like, the guy made Gladiator, and now everything gets greenlit, I guess. I don't know. I thought he died. You di- win one Oscar. One Oscar. I thought he died, or am I thinking of the wrong one? No, you're thinking of Tony. Tony, that's right. Tony. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it unfortunately, took his own life. Oh, I didn't. I forgot about that. I think I knew that. Well, that's bummer. Oh, I'm sure you knew it. I'm sure you knew it. Yeah, it was a bummer. I, I mean, so much talent. What the f***, man? This show's so heavy. <laughs> Start off about death and 2023, man. Reminiscing. Like, I'm not having a bad 2023. Like, I mean, the worst thing is this is the guy that just f- hemorrhaged money for his air conditioner. Well, and and my chronically ill cat, but still, I mean, that's all I got really to complain about. Everybody else has had to. I I get why I get you. I get you. I get Ray too. Oh, I'm God. sorry. I'm sorry, yeah, Ray. 2023 can kiss the fattest part of my ass. Like this year's been just wretched in every respect. Yeah, I thought we were out of the out of the darkest timeline after, but yeah. No, as it turns out, we've got we got one last stab at it. <laughs> no, we got more than that, buddy. Next year's election year. It's gonna be great. I'm so excited. Oh God. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our off the shelf segment, which me. Oh wait, I never actually went through my stuff. Oh yeah. That's right. Go. Wait, no, video games? No, movies and TV. Yeah, you're right. Go. Um, so last night, Carlos comes up to me. He's like, hey, Dad, I want to watch a movie with you. I'm like, okay, let's uh, figure out what we want to watch. And I came across Dread, not the Stallone one. Not the Stallone. The, the Stallone one has its own beauty. It really does. Oh, it, it has its own beauty. Uh, it's just the kind of beauty you giggle at, yeah. much like the next <laughs> movie on my list, which we'll get to in just a moment. But, uh, man, the that is good. Oh yeah, you're talking about that the, movie is good. You're talking about the one with Bones playing playing Judge Dredd. Yeah, yeah, with Carl Urban. Mm-hmm. The Aylmer. He's a, a, a it's a damn, freaking damn worldly fine treasure, actor. That damn one. fine actor. Yeah, worldly freaking treasure. Carlos was really impressed. Really impressed with that movie. And I said, yeah, you know, I I would say that's that's in uh, my top ten action movies of all time. Mama thinks that she is the law. I am the law. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a good movie. Oh, he's got that scowl on his face the whole time. That's good stuff. You know, speaking that of Mandela, right. speaking of Mandela effect, I remember being positive that I read an article that they were going to make a Netflix show out of it on the internet, and then the next day it was like gone, and nobody knew what I was talking about. And I'm like, did I just parallel universe? Like seriously, I vividly recall reading. They've been that. talking about a sequel for. A long I know time. they've been talking about, it, but this is like I read they were putting a Netflix series into production. And then, and then it was like gone. And I'm like, did I dream Alex that? Alex Garland, man. No, you're not dreaming. I feel like I read that too, to be honest with you. Mandela effect, buddy. Alex Garland, man. That guy. That guy. He makes a movie, man. The guy's brilliant. Legit brilliant. I know I've seen other stuff of his, but now I'm looking him up because I want to know. Annihilation? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ex Machina? Yep, yep, yep. Dread? That's three in a row. You know, he wrote... The DMC game, Devil May Cry. Hmm. And it shows because that game was actually really well written. I haven't seen Men yet. 
He had the good sense to go with A24 as a production company. Because they support their workers. Good job, A24. Yeah, so I, I can watch his new movie when it comes out. Yeah. Because it's coming out soon. And we can sing its praises right freaking now. Thank you, A24. <laughs> Have you seen everything yeah, everywhere all at once uh, yet? Speaking of A24? No, it's on my list. It's on my list. It's not Dude. been streaming anywhere. It's on Paramount Plus. Oh, no, it's on Showtime. Never mind. Sorry. I got grandfathered in the Showtime because we we bought a year of Paramount Plus at its old price. And it's like, that price now includes Showtime. So here you go. It's like, okay, thank you. I didn't get that grandfathering. No. I didn't get that But yeah, they yeah, everything everywhere all at once is I don't know, go to the library and rent it, dude. Or go to Redbox. I don't know, somewhere. It it's it's Okay, first of all, let's not forget what state I live in. We don't have nice uh I said wrote enslaved Odyssey to the West. No wonder I like that game so much. Anyway. I did not realize he wrote that. Okay, Alex Garland continuing to just swallow up the kudos. There you go. All right, Alex Garland, the man, the myth, the legend. Watch his movies. Moving along. I watched Howard the Duck. Like you should. Because it, it was on Amazon Prime. Did you see duck boobs? Woo! Yeah, they were <laughs> duck boobs. Yeah, there are duck boobs in that. That, that, that movie, goodness, that, it was terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely terrible. Yeah, yeah. I tried watching it. Like, how did this get made terrible? I, I, I tried watching it again, and I, I, I fell asleep during it. Like, it's all so boring. Like, it's not even so bad that it swings back around the, the, the gauge again to good. It, it's so stuck in bad. And, and the worst part is that it's got really good special effects, and you're sitting there watching it, and you're like, how'd they pull this off back then? Puppets. <laughs> but it's so bad. It is. No, I'm not talking about Howard. I'm talking about just like some of the special effects that they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the bad guy thing. Yeah, it's it's a stop motion puppet. It's good. It was good. It was good. And then because I couldn't seem to pick anything that wasn't just absolutely wretched. Hold on, Jonathan. Hold on. I gotta I gotta plug this guy. There's a, a YouTuber I watch who kind of reviews scary movies. Uh, his YouTube channel is called Scaredy Cats. And the uh, the running joke of his YouTube channel is he will sing the praises of any horror movie that has wet puppets in it. <laughs> they have to be wet, though? They have to be wet, yes. Yes. That is oddly specific. It is oddly specific. Like, he was doing uh, one of the Puppet Master movies, and, 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 he's like, <laughs> and he's like, and I knew it was going to be a terrible movie because the puppets were so dry in this film. Dry as a bone. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> he's really funny man he's really and, and like and like uh his latest one i think was bride of reanimator he did um and, and he, oh god and what he, a what a train wreck of a film yeah but he takes this like seven minute segue into the wet puppets and how good they are and it was hysterical it was so funny because he just he talks about him kind of vaguely like he finds the erotic and it's just a really good running gag when the wet puppets come up. I, Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you want to know what you want to know, know what those, those the freaking uh, internet, man, the, the uh, freaking internet, the, uh, the, 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 the bad bug things at Howard the duck. They, I don't know if they were wet puppets, but they were pretty shiny. They were, uh, they were glistening puppets at the very least. So, Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they were wet. <laughs> Oh, the internet. Scaredy Cats. You should watch Scaredy Cats. Like, his reviews are very entertaining. Very, very entertaining. Also, he he also refers to all vampires as... You had me at wet puppets. (laughs) Let's not lie to ourselves. He also refers to all vampires as Draculas. 
It's like, yeah, the Draculas in this film, they're pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a good dude. I like that guy. Anyway, all right. All right, back on topic. No more wet puppets. <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want any more wet puppets? I think super, your next movie could have been improved by having a wet puppet. It doesn't. Oh, no, it has wet puppets. You know what would have improved this movie? Anything. Like literally lighting it on fire. Lighting me on fire would have improved. So here's it. the thing. I, uh, you're, so supernova. I know I've watched this film. I am aware I rented it when it was new as a kid and I can't tell you yeah, anything you know about what? it. I can't tell you to anything. To protect you, to protect you, to protect your gentle mental state, your mind did the only thing it could and it forgot it ever watched it. And that was the smart thing to do. Wow. And I went and watched it again because I watched it in theaters. Ninth Dimensional Bomb. I, I was doing something, so I put it on in the background just to, to keep me company, you know, as as one does when you're doing, you know, chores at home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, I, uh, I, it can't possibly be that bad. I like, I must be misremembering it. How bad could it be? It's got James Spader. It's I was, got, I, I was going to say. my wife, Angela Bassett, in it. I was going to say, I thought James Spader was in it. I could. <laughs> James Spader, Angela Bassett, Robert Forrester, Robin Tooney. Lou Diamond Phillips. Okay, okay. I, I really don't... I'm going to stop the cast there because the other guy was in Twilight and he was terrible. But that's neither here nor there. Was James Spader kind of a creeper in that? Because that's like his best work when he's just kind of creepy. The first third and then he becomes very heroic. And that's part... It's got the the, the guy from uh, the Star Trek Discovery, the Doctor. Oh, yeah, Jason's... Un- oh, not, not the Doctor. Uh, uh, yeah, I know the guy. The other doctor, the medical doctor. Right, right. I was going to say Jason Isaacs, but he was Captain Lorca. I'm blanking on that guy's name. I'm blanking on his name, too. But you, you, you know who I'm talking about. You got the beard. He was in uh, the, 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 the Hackers. And the r- movie about ha- the Hackers. And, yeah, Hackers. And, hackers. And, and, and Rent. Yeah, yeah. I, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and Rent. Rent, of course. I know who you're anyway, talking about. Yeah. It's got this amazing cast, right? I'm like, how, how bad could it be? Oh, my God, Robert. Did you watch the director's cut? I heard it's better. I don't know what I watched. It was so bad. So then I dove into it, as one does when you're that horrified. The background of that movie's creation, my God, it just should have been destroyed at some point. It just should have been removed, but it didn't. It just kept living. It's so bad. It makes no sense. The dialogue is so just stilted. Like we were talking about, it's, it's drivel from an AI. It has this AI on the ship, right? And it just occasionally just jumps in and gives you plot points that have no freaking context whatsoever. It's just so bad. It's so bad. Fair enough. There's one special effect scene that when I was watching it, they're, 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 they're doing the, you know, they're doing the hibbity jibbity up in the zero G, right? And I'm like, did they reuse that camera? Oh my God, they did. I went back and watched the first scene. Then I watched the second scene again. It's the exact same scene, except they copied and pasted Angela Bassett and James Spader's heads onto other people. But they just reused the same footage. Oh, so bad. Ah, positive podcast, Robert. Don't watch it. Don't do what I did. Don't do what I did. Did I lose you? No. (gasps) Oh. Are you reading about the past of it? No, 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 Jonathan. Jonathan, so I can confirm that my library has the R-rated version of it. <laughs> oh, I definitely watched the R-rated version. Jonathan, Jonathan, speak no more. Speak no more. I'm gonna. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. Oh God, it's so. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, do it. Do it, baby. Do it. I'm I'm do it. <clears throat> I'm on this. I'm on it. Oh, it's so bad. So then 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 I you know, I finished that and I needed something else to keep me company. So I I I, I continued my dive into the Amazon Prime truck stop DVD bin. I found a movie from the 80s that I'd never watched with Michael Bean in it. Bine? Michael Bean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The guy from Terminator, the first Terminator. Right. It's called Time Bomb. It's basically like the Manchurian Candidate reborn in the 80s. Another movie with like an oddly large quantity of contextless nudity. Well, it was the... It was the 80s. It was the 80s, it was the 80s. Yeah. It was this weird like <clears throat> combination of bad acting with competent direction and genuinely interesting action scenes. Like, it was really weird. <laughs> I, I enjoyed myself. I really enjoyed it. Hmm. Surprisingly good with uh, some bad performances. And then I watched Terminator Genesis. You talked about that last time. Did I? That's, that's, I couldn't remember. That's the one with the parallel universe um, and Doctor Who in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, you talked about that last time. I mistook it for Generator Dark Fate. Was that the name of it? The that one was fun. I enjoyed Dark Fate. I don't care what anybody says. I'll def- I, I, I will die on that hill. I enjoyed Dark Fate. I liked it. Dark Fate makes perfect sense. Skynet had to happen for Skynet to make yeah. itself. Like, it was inevitable. And they fixed the time loop, oh. but that doesn't fix the, the Skynet from happening anyway. So there you go. Makes sense. Genesis. Genesis was just a travesty. God, what were they thinking? Another script written by an AI. <laughs> And that was it. I'm done. I'm done now. Well, what's well, it they say on in, in There Will Be Blood? I'm finished. Time bomb. There's a sci-fi movie. movie. Ooh, I like Ooh. sci-fi movie. <gasps> Tracy but it's not. Tracy Scoggins is in it. She played a character in Babylon 5. Her character name is Blue? What the heck? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's uh these there a bunch of assassins. They've all got funny names like K and Blue and things like that. She's an assassin. You, uh, all right. I'm officially in. She was fine. She's chewing up the, she was chewing up the scene she was in. Good. Like you should. What, what, what is it that, uh, Captain Mal says? Or no, it's Jane. Jane says it. Uh, if you can't do something smart, you do something right. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Timothy Dalton believes in that. <laughs> oh yeah, he does. Oh yeah, he does. <laughs> So there you go. That's that's what I've been watching. All right. A couple of good movies and a whole lot of bad ones. All right, moving right along. Uh, it is break time. I'm going to go cleanse my palate because I feel dirty having talked about those movies again. When we return, it will be time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. So we'll see you in just a moment. We love getting feedback, so please let us know how we're doing by one of the following. You can become our patron over at Patreon. Search for Forgot My Dice. We also have a Discord page where we organize games and chat about all sorts of stuff. Find a link on our website, ForgotMyDice.com. You can also message us or tweet at us on the Twitters. Find us at ForgotMyDice. And of course, you can email us at FMDPodcast2016 at gmail.com. Or you can head on over to our website, ForgotMyDice.com, where all of our episodes are available, plus game reviews and other content. If you like the show, the best way for more people to find out about us is to give us a review on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. Last of you, for those of you listening in the village, call the operator, give your number, and ask for us to be put on the rotation. 
Robert, this, this needs to stop. Listen, I'll, I'll make you a deal. I will not make any deals with you. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Oh, God, I'm going to cut his cord. And welcome back. It is now time for our Wisdom of Crowd segment. That is, of course, our bi-weekly tabletop news segment. And Robert, you have a couple things. Why don't you get us started as I desperately search for news because it's been a little bit quiet. Yeah, but we haven't done news in so well, but we should we should keep it up to date. <laughs> I think you're underestimating the quietness. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, Gen Con happened. So, all right. Well, speaking of Gen Con, uh, Paizo announced Starfinder 2nd Edition. This will be a new edition of Starfinder. Uh, the main draw is it will be completely cross-compatible with Pathfinder 2, which means that, yeah, you can, you know, you can get your chocolate and your peanut butter, get your sci-fis and your fantasies, you know, mix the mix the classes, mix the lineages, mix all the stuff together. And I'm pretty sure this has everything to do with transferring Starfinder over to the Orc license. So... Playtest is coming in 2024. Uh, if you're interested, just keep an eye on Paizo.com. They are hyping it up. The hype train is is a chugging. Good news on the werewolf front. If you are a werewolf, the apocalypse fan, the long wait is finally over. On August 30th, Renegade Game Studios announced that Werewolf the Apocalypse is now available for purchase. This would be the new 5th edition the, 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 yes. yes, yes, it's the new 5th edition book It's a, the core rule book It is, let me get you a page count I'm sure I can find it 300 plus pages of uh, Hardcore werewolf action Yeah, this is good because uh, one of The werewolf tribes from the original Werewolf was um, A little problematic a little prob- Well, actually several of them were a little problematic by modern standards Like 90% of it was highly problematic when viewed in a modern eye. Yeah, not the least of which are, are, are werewolf Nazis. Yeah, there was that. There was a lot of werewolf Nazi. Yeah. That wasn't good. And it was a pity because I love werewolves and I was without my werewolf. Um, so now I'm very much looking forward to getting a copy of this. It's really not too bad either. It's uh, $38 for the digital, I believe. Mm-hmm. We'll see how I feel about it. I, I am actually one of the few people I know who liked the new world of darkness version of werewolf better werewolf the forsaken i i I thought that was better personally but i will read fifth i will read fifth just to see if this uh, utilizes the fifth edition fifth edition storyteller system to create your chronicles within the world of darkness includes everything you need to know to build your own character or guide a troop as they explore their new forms why they didn't say pack why didn't they say pack there in this that just seems like a just seems like a, a low hanging fruit. You know, you know, it might be troop. Might be what I, I haven't. I still haven't read Vampire Fifth Edition terribly closely, but uh, maybe that's what they call the group because they got to be all like hoity toity. You're not a group of role players. You're a troop. <laughs> well, that's fine. Use that for ma- vampire. It makes sense within vampire. But when you get to werewolf, these guys are a little more earthy. You know, pack. Uh, they roll with the pack. I, I'm just saying. I'm just a man talking here. I'm just a man. Using words, you know what I'm saying? $55, by the way, for the uh, print edition, yeah. if you get it from Renegade. Mm-hmm. They make good books. I uh, I flipped through both the G.I. Joe and the Transformer. Oh, and the Power Rangers book, come to think of it, at my local game store. They were all quite lovely. Uh, fun fact, this has a rating, 18+. plus. Oh, my. So there you go. There you go. Next up, Simon sharing some details. 
um, Simon is bringing us the Assassin's Creed role-playing game. I heard about this. It's available for the pre-orders, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Uh, as of September 5th, it is available for pre-order. Um, Assassin's Creed, of course, is the universe from the Ubisoft games uh, where... Okay, I mean, like, I don't think it's a spoiler alert at this point. The first game came out, what, almost 20 years ago at this point? Each of the games takes place in two places. Uh, it takes place historically where you play a figure from history who is part of the Assassin's Guild. Is it a guild? What is it? I feel like guild is wrong. Conspiracy? I don't know. The Assassin's Organization, the Brotherhood, I think is what they're called. And um, there's another section of the game that takes place in the present slash near future um, as they uh, as you come to find out that all of these past historical figures that you're playing as, you're actually controlling them as they relive genetic memories uh, from the near future. So there you go. Um, the developers of the game are Max Castellani and Andrea Machi. Under the guidance of head of RPGs, Francesco Nepatello. And they've created a custom system named the Match System. It uses two sets of six custom die. There's going to be a digital dice roller available on an Assassin's Creed RPG app. And they are attempting to, and I quote here, faithfully translate the complex lore and characters from different locations and time frames into a playable game. End quote. I just stand here excited because the uh, current um, rumor mill buzzing around the next major Assassin's Creed game is uh, talking about feudal Japan. And I'm down with that because I loved me some uh, I love me some Ghost of Tsushima. And I, I, I now I'm, I'm ready to go back. I'm ready to go back. All right, Jonathan, I saw this and I thought of you. And based off the history of the podcast, Ravensburger has placed horrified greek monsters a new board game onto pre-order with a release date of october 2023 oh is it gonna be at target because i'm going to target if it is i have no idea it does not say but the players will be summoned by the greek gods to defeat these classical mythological monsters such as the medusa cerberus the minotaur the chimera the siren and the basilisk this game is for one to five players age is 10 and up and will retail for 39.95 I am down. I am. I am down mm-hmm. in a big way. I thought so. <laughs> I know you like that game. I know you do. Oh. Well, here's a couple of other little uh, little bits and pieces here. Um, Jasco Games is launching uh, UVS game or pardon me. Jasco Games has morphed into a new company name, UVS Games, and they're launching new IPs for their universe's collectible card game, including from uh from the the staple of anime series that everybody should watch Trigun Stampede and my personal favorite Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, so the universe's uh fighting system that's been going for a while now. That's been kind of their bread and butter and they are now just wholly embracing that and bringing in some more. I think they already have uh My Hero Academia if I remember correctly. That's that's been around for a while. And this is just going to uh, further embrace anime and bring more animator in. They, of course, are very well known for having the Street Fighter license, the Soul Calibur license, and the Mortal Kombat license in this system. That is lovely. Yeah, so if you want to do a little uh, Sofitia versus uh, Liu Kang versus, um, I don't know, Spike from Cowboy Bebop, that's, that's the thing you can do now. And then finally... Little history lesson here. Little history lesson. Hold on. Let me see what year this was. 
1995, um, the PlayStation was new to the world. It had just been released, the original PlayStation. And a, a, a young Jonathan was was rolling around, desperate for new games, because I'd played everything from the launch lineup, and I was just dying for more. And I just walking through a software, etc., and I stumbled upon this game that I'd never heard of. I'd never seen it referenced in any of the gaming magazines. But I was so desperate, I was like, whatever. Even though I don't know anything about this, I'm going to get it. It came with almost no documentation, and it took me almost a month of playing to figure out exactly what it was and how it worked. And once I did, it changed my life forever. That series is Worms. Have you ever played a Worms game? Yes, I have. Oh my God, I love the Worms games. Well, guess what? Mantic Games is bringing Worms, the board game, to life. In collaboration with Team 17, they're bringing it. They're bringing it forward, and it looks awesome. And you too can have little plastic worms. And that's pretty freaking awesome. <laughs> nice. I like it. So they're still, um, they, they, they've come out and said, we're still in the refinement phase. Um, everything that they've talked about so far has been Sweet Peaks. Or uh, sneak peeks. Um, but yeah, you're going to be able to navigate your worms around an environment. You are going to have lots of different types of weapon uh, weapons. The only question I have is if they make those cute little noises when they die, because that it was the best part of the first game. You know, I played kind of the precursor to worms. There was like a, a shareware. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a shareware game. I remember it where it was, it was really, really basic, like very, very basic graphics. But it, it, it w- oh, you talking about Scorched Earth? I think that might have been it, yeah. Yeah, the, I, I, I did too, and Scorched Earth was dope. Yeah, I used to play, they used to be like the multiplayer game me and my friends would play back on the PC because, you know, In <laughs> fact, only it, had was, the it was my history with Scorched Earth that helped me to unlock what Worms was. That's that's what took me so long to figure out. And like, there were, they, they didn't even map the controls. Or, there was no tutorial in the game. <laughs> oh, the good old days. Oh, indeed, indeed, indeed. But man, I love worms. So I am I am stoked. I am stoked. I can dig it. So there you go. That is it. That's all the news I have, my friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all the news I have. A lot of stuff coming out at Gen Con. Oh, oh, actually, uh, they announced at Gen Con uh, uh, Trail of Cthulhu, the Gumshoe Call of Cthulhu variant, will be getting a second edition coming to Kickstarter in November. I just remembered that. I should have written that down. Well, now I said it, so that's good. Yay. I love me the gumshoe system. It's my favorite. Yeah, I'm a fan. I am a fan. I really, really am. I don't like any of the Ghostbusters RPGs that I've read, like the classic ones and whatnot. It's just not my cup of tea. It's not what I want. And I'm really, really fighting the urge to convert Ghostbusters into a gumshoe game because I don't want to do that much work, but I may have to. I may have to. Because there's a fair amount of mystery solving in, like, Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters, you know? Like, it would work. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. So, anyway. Anyway. Well, that brings us to the end of the news, which means, of course, it is now time for our king in all things segment. (laughs) But, unfortunately, that's not happening this week. Uh, It's been I, I finally had a week, sort of, sort of. I I spent a lot of money. Our, Our air conditioner died. Well, it didn't completely die but it was like should we spend six hundred dollars to put a band-aid on it or should we just take it out back and shoot it and get a new one yeah so you might have forgotten to, to watch the movie this week but i think it's an important you know 
we can we can just jump in and and also say this is a good reminder that we're probably going to take a little bit of a uh pause on this segment until the sag after thing is also I, I i wouldn't mind going somewhere else like my first thought was to do like the hammer horror dracula series because i'm a dracula nut job and i'd love an excuse to watch all those movies again and make someone else watch them with me but problem is like none of them are streaming and i don't want to pay for them i just replaced my <laughs> air conditioner you know so like and i tried to get them at the library but the library doesn't have the first one of all of them and it's like i'm busy a shiffer well, maybe maybe this is just the universe telling you that you need to go into the, the DVD $2 bin at the truck stop that is Amazon Prime Video and find some stuff for us to watch that, that doesn't violate the set. Well, I, I was I was I was going to throw it out to all of our wonderful listeners. If you've got any ideas for some, uh, you know, SAG Afra, so. You know, I guess AMC and freaking the BBC, I don't know, and A24. Those are the companies I know of off the top of my head. But if you got any ideas for just old stuff, uh, independent stuff, we could do a Kevin Smith rewatch. He's allowed to film his his current movie. Listeners, if you got any ideas for us to do something, you know, for the duration of the, the strike, something we could take a tangent into and, and drop out of when we need to. Uh, yeah, give us, give us your ideas. I just something we could stream easily. We don't want to pay too much money for it. Um, cause we're already paying too much money for the stupid Stephen King thing. And, uh, you got some time because, uh, no smoking is a Bollywood film, so it is not affected by any of this. So there's nothing, nothing to worry about there. I'm bummed. They were filming the F1 movie. Uh, they started filming it recently and they've kind of had to pause it. And I don't know what they're going to do because part of it was they were filming at a bunch of different racetracks mm-hmm. and you know, now, what are they going to do? Like pause if they don't catch the end of the season and get a few more races, are they going to have to pause and that's going to delay the movie by a year? Cause now they're going to have to film it next year's season. Maybe that would suck. I mean, it depends on who's producing it, you know? Cause like a lot of, a lot, dude, a lot of stuff. It's the next movie from, uh, the, uh, Joseph Tr- Trzinski, I think his name is Trapinski, the, the guy that did Top Gun, um, the Top Gun sequel and Tron legacy and, uh, What's that one with Tom Cruise? Not Obsession. Uh, oh, is this Brad Pitt's movie? Yes. Oh, yeah, you're boned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely been put on hold, I think. Uh, Not Joseph Donnelly. Stupid. Oblivion. Oblivion was mm. the name of it. I remember watching that a long time ago. That guy just knows Kaczynski. Joseph Kaczynski is the, the, the gentleman's name. That guy just knows how to put together a absolutely beautiful movie, and he knows how to do vehicle porn. Well, okay then. Dude, go watch Oblivion. Have you watched Oblivion? Not in a long time. That movie is really decent. Like, I'm not going to say that it's the best or most original story, but my God, it's beautifully shot. Um, they've got a bunch of scenes with a basically a glass house up at the top of a mountain. And what they did to create the effect of the reflections on the glass of, uh, of, of the house, instead of trying to do it all in CG and post because it would have looked funny, they created a humongous set of scrims around the set. And the set is actually made of glass. And then they were using massive HD projectors to project HD footage of mountaintops in Hawaii to um, get an accurate reflection off the glass. And now they just have a giant LED screen and, you know. Yeah, but this was before that technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this was 2013. 
Anyway, moving along, right along, Jonathan. Moving right along. I got a date. I got a date in Destiny. Got to got to get there. What's it like to have a social life? Uh, it's pretty sweet. Hi, Brandon. Uh, hi, Corey. Hi. Those are my Destiny boys with a Z. I'm so sad. You, you, All right, we we need we need three more to start running raids, bro. Just oh, uh, I know. I don't. I can't. I can't devote myself to anything else. We're back in sports season. Freaking clothes got practice on Monday nights, and both Lincoln and Carlos have practice on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and now there's Friday games and Saturday and Sunday games. It's just it's, this is the craziest part of the year. All right, are we ready to move on? Yeah. More than ready. Yeah, so no smoking, Bollywood, coming soon. Uh, we'll do that in the next episode. For once, it's Robert's fault, not mine. Let's all rejoice. Now, it is time for A Year in the Life. That is, of course, our segment where we talk about what we deep dove a year ago, and we get to talk about it again. And that was, uh, that was what? what? What is this note here? 128 to 133? Yeah, we haven't talked about Forgot My Dice episodes 128 to 133. Oh, I see what you're doing. Because we've had a very long hiatus. Uh, I'm not going to list off all the titles because I didn't write them down, but we did uh, Bigfoot Roll and Smash with our good friend Brendan, uh, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, A Thousand-Year-Old Vampire, and Jaws, the board game, plus a couple of episodes where you were super busy and we didn't do anything. Um, Jaws, so good. Ankh, so, so good. I need to get Ankh back out. I haven't had a chance to play it nearly enough. I want to I want to dive into the expansions more. Yeah, based off my experience with Thousand Year Old Vampire, I've been really thinking about getting the captain's log for the Star Trek Adventures, and I'm that sounds like something fun to do to pass the time. Oh, I want to roll a passive aggressive Klingon. Come on, help me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you want to bring glory to your house, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, there's a lot of games there. A lot of good games. Bigfoot Roll and Smash. Still love those dice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Still love they got Bigfoot into the uh, the play space at that Gen Con two years ago. It's still amazing. I saw Bigfoot at uh, the um, F1 race in Austin last year, and I sent pictures of it to uh, Brendan. <laughs> nice. Was Trekosaurus there? No, just Bigfoot. Aww, just Bigfoot. I love Truckosaurus. Truckosaurus! This one massive abomination that was all animated and blue fire, but it wasn't Truckosaurus. <laughs> well, what was it then? I don't know. Something else. Who, something who else. dares to infringe on the Truckosaurus dynasty? It was Wish.com Truckosaurus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to look at the pictures and see if I can figure out like what it was. Nice. All right. Well, there we go. We skipped a lot of episodes. I have no idea. I Yeah, there's just too much to talk about there. It's just too much as we silently, as I silently eat my pancake. <laughs> it sounds like a Simon and Garfunkel line. <laughs> as I silently ate, eat eat my, my pancake. pancake. There's no more syrup in the jar. I don't like syrup. What? Yeah. Who broke you? What? Who broke you? You know. You know what it was. So I stopped drinking soda. Um, I stopped drinking syrup. Well, no, I just stopped drinking soda, and then after that, uh, most sugary things were like way too sweet for me. Like I couldn't finish them. 
you know? And so, yeah, syrup got messed up in that. Although occasionally when I'm feeling naughty, I will put syrup in my um, maple syrup in my coffee because that's quite good as a sweetener. But that, that, yeah. Oh, man, I saw this dude on TikTok today. He was freaking maple. Uh, he was maple brown sugar glazing bacon. Then taking the finished bacon strip, putting it in pancake batter and cooking the pancake around it. Then taking that, putting powdered sugar, liquid butter and maple syrup on top. And boom, like I, I saw that and I was like, well, I know what I'm doing this weekend. What is that called? The Widowmaker? Is that that recipe? I, I don't know. It's going to be called the thigh expander in my house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you mean, it's coming. It's don't, coming. Don't you mean the gut expander? It. Sure, that too. Good. It's coming, baby. I'm doing it. Fair enough. Children, you're going to learn today. <laughs> See, and... You, Daddy's teaching. You know, you know what the sad thing is? I'd probably eat that. I'd, I'd, take, I'd eat like half of one and go like, oh, it's too sweet. I can't finish it. It's... No, who broke you? Why are you broken? I, I stopped drinking soda. Like that that crap trains you to eat a lot of sugar. Like I, I can taste sugar in everything now. Like yeah. freaking I, I can't have regular soda anymore. I just drink the diet variety, which is probably gonna kill me in a different way, but hey, whatever. Yeah, no, but like like store bought bread and stuff, like I eat it. I'm like, God, this bread's so sweet. <laughs> and it's uh, yeah, I taste it everywhere now. It sucks. It sucks. Oh, we're so off topic. I know All we're right. so off topic. <laughs> Bringing us back. Bringing us back. Um, well, that's going to bring us to the end of this segment, folks. Uh, hang tight with us. We will be back with a deep dive in just a moment. And uh, today we'll be deep diving Undaunted Battle of Britain. We'll see you right after the break. Do you have a tabletop, board game, miniature game, or RPG that you're going to release for retail? Or do you have an upcoming tabletop Kickstarter that you're about to launch? We would love to interview you for a future episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. Send us an email to fmdpodcast2016 at gmail.com to schedule an interview. And welcome back for the break. It is now time for our deep dive. And we are returning once more to a popular genre here on the Forgot My Dice podcast. World War II with undaunted Battle of Britain. Summer of 1940. The German war machine has rolled through the continent in less than a year, crushing all before it. Britain is all that stands in the way of the German victory in Europe. Command the pilots of the battle-tested Luftwaffe. Oh, God, I can never say that word. Luftwaffe. I- do it for me, Jonathan. Luftwaffe? Luf, Luf, it's getting worse. Luftwaffe? Luftwaffe. Luftwaffe. Command the pilots of the battle-tested Luftwaffe, who are looking to extinguish all the resistance <laughs> and pave the way to invasion, or the resourceful and determined RAF opposing them at every turn. Undaunted Battle of Britain is a standalone game in the Undaunted series, adapting the core gameplay of the previous games to recreate the dynamic dogfighting of aerial combat. Maintain cohesion between your pilots, evade anti-aircraft artillery, and leverage a talented aces to win a battle across the sky. I can never say that word. I've been able to say it since the... the remember LucasArts had a game? Uh, the, it, was, it was the... Yeah. Secret secret weapons uh, of, of the, the Luftwaffe? Yeah, yeah. And I, I couldn't... I just couldn't... Then or it, secret weapons over Normandy or something? You know, it was, it was the secret weapons of the, of the L word. And it just like every time I would say it, it was like marbles oh, po- poured out of my mouth. Like, I just couldn't... <laughs> It was like <laughs> it was like it was a Nirvana lyric. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. 
Like it was a Nirvana lyric. Might be the best line I've heard this month. Like, well played. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I said marbles in my mouth, and that's a song from It Smells Like Nirvana. How do you narf Rargle valves with all these marbles <laughs> in my mouth? Down now, down now. <laughs> Good God, what is happening? Comedy gold. Don't you see me? I got my pickaxe in hand and I'm in the mine, buddy. And I'm mining up a vein of comedy gold. Fool's gold. I had no fool. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) I can never say that word. German words, man. They just. Perfect diction. Perfect diction. And then you get to that word and it all falls apart. (laughs) Command the pilots of the battle tested. (laughs) Jonathan, how does this game play? You can't even talk to me right now. All right, all right, all right, all right. Pulling it together. Pulling it together. <laughs> Professionals. I'm a I'm a professional, damn it. I know. I know. Oh. All right, now 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 we've talked uh <laughs> Some of us have talked, others have mumbled. Um we <laughs> should we should we do the uh should we should we do what uh what Affleck and uh, uh, his buddy, I forget, did on the set of uh, Goodwill Hunting to its hunting season, you know? Lion face, err! Lemon face, mm, lion face, err! That, that get us out of it? Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, yo! Indeed. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm, I'm lemon face, lemon face, lemon face. Taking a deep breath, and that breath is filled with nothing but professionalism. Every day, in every way, I just keep getting better and better. Except the word... (laughs) Alrighty, so let's talk about Undaunted. So, before we dive into Undaunted Battle of Britain, let's get it out of the way. It is Undaunted at its core, and that means that if you want to learn about Undaunted, we've covered Undaunted twice so far on the podcast in episodes 105 and 125. So if you want to deep dive into the core of the system and how it works, those are the ones you're going to go to, uh, want to go to to listen to the deep dives there. I'm not going to go too deep into the, the, the core gameplay because it is, it is definitely an undaunted game, without a doubt. What we're going to focus on here is how it's different and why that's important. Make sense? Word. All right, so one of the greatest things is you open up the manual and on, on page three is, is one of my favorite pages in the entire manual. Because it it takes into account, this is like the fourth or fifth game that's come out. And it says, flat out, if you played Undaunted before, here's what you need to know. You you just got to love that. There's a lot of terminology differences here. And that's all related to the way the gameplay has changed um, for Undaunted. So if you remember in Undaunted, the, the gameplay really comes down to three different phases. Everybody draws their cards. You determine initiative by playing a card. Um, based on the the initiative number in the upper left-hand corner. And then based on who wins the initiative, uh, you you play as many cards in your hand as you can, uh, trying to produce results, and then the other player goes, and then you rinse and repeat, right? And depending on what scenario you're doing, the scenario is going to dictate how you play um, and what the win condition is. And sometimes there are specific win conditions, and sometimes it's just wipe out the enemy. And yeah, that's that's kind of the core of the game. It's just like Undaunted, it utilizes that system. So we are going to focus 
on the way things are different. So first of all, there's a couple different things that you kind of need to take into account. So if you recall from the original Undaunted and all the land-based ones, the, the tiles that make up the playing field are all squares. In this game, they are hexes, and that's a big, big difference. And that really comes down to the airplane combat. The scale is quite a bit different, too. Uh, rather than having individual squads running around a battlefield at a reasonably small scale, we are dealing with large, large chunks of map here uh, because we're dealing with airplanes, and airplanes are fast, and they can cover a lot of ground. Facing direction is something that's new in this game. In the previous Undaunted games, you didn't really have to take into account direction. Um, you're moving your units through the map, and uh, they can kind of fire in 360-degree arc. In this game... Not only is uh, the direction that you are facing hugely important, but it also takes into account the concept of uh, fields of fire. And the different planes have different fields of fire. For instance, the, the Stuka does not have any field of fire on the front, which from a historical standpoint is inaccurate, but I get it. But then if you look at the German bombers, like the, um, the, Heink the Heinkel, the Heinkel actually has... Six different fields of fire, front, back, and then um, four arcs in various directions, kind of taking into account the fact that it had a bunch of different gun turrets in it and could shoot in a lot of different directions. And the, the direction that you're facing is really important because you have to move a lot in this game. You've played Undaunted with me. Remember how you could park a unit in one place? Yeah, yeah, And yeah. then just kind of fire from one place, especially if you had good cover? In this game, because you're dealing with airplanes, if you move a unit, you always have to move. There's always motion if you activate that unit. And the cards all have a combination of both movement and maneuvering. And maneuvering is one of the actions that you can take on your unit cards, uh, which is something that's, that's different from what we've seen in previous Undaunted games. And so you have a movement score. Let's say that's two or three. And that tells you how many hex tiles you can move uh, forward. And then you also have a maneuver and if you take a maneuver you have to announce it right right at the beginning of your turn and the maneuvering can only occur after you've had forward motion so if for instance you had say three movement and two maneuver you could move one tile forward maneuver in a 60 degree arc to the left or right basically changing the direction of the plane then move forward one or two turns and then do a second maneuver because you've got a maneuver score of two uh, another 60 degrees left or right and that's how you kind of maneuver the aircraft. Make, make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Another concept that's different is the fact that an, a 10 is not an automatic success in this game. There are occasionally going to be, because of the nature of the combat and how you've stacked your units and how far they are, etc., it is possible to have a combat action that has a 0% chance of, of success. So you're never guaranteed a hit, which is kind of cool. Now, the aircraft tiles are all double-sided because you can also do the concept of suppression using uh, AAA flak. So if you fire your flak cannons at a plane and they are successful, they don't necessarily do damage to the plane, but it is suppressed, which limits what you can do with it. And you can flip the tile upside down to, to demonstrate that. And there's also the concept of communications. And so if you imagine the pieces on a hex board, pieces that are right next to each other are in communication with each other. If you have one hex board between the two pieces that make up a squadron, those are in communication with, with each other. 
any more than one space between any two elements of a squadron and they lose communication. And what, 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 why this becomes important is because some of the cards that you will have in your deck are communication cards and you can only use them when your entire uh, squadron is able to communicate with itself. And that really is kind of the core changes. And that doesn't sound like a lot, but if you really stop and think about it, the movement alone completely changes this puzzle. And changing it to hex tiles rather than squares also completely changes this puzzle. This is a game about understanding the motion, being able to plan your motion a couple turns ahead of time, and really, it's, it's about battlefield positioning. That's where this game really stands out, and that's where it flexes in a completely different direction than any of the previous Undaunted games, but in a really positive way, because it's a brand new puzzle to figure out on the battlefield. This sounds very familiar. I think we've done a, a game, like a hex-based air fighting game before. We did. We did. We did um, Fighters of the Pacific. That's right. Not, not, not too long ago. But there's huge differences between these, especially in the movement rules. And they both do a really good job of showing off air combat in very different ways. Fighters of the Pacific is a bit uh, deeper and allows for more variation and also takes into account altitude, which is something that Undaunted does not. Undaunted is much more simplified and streamlined, and it fits into the, the gameplay of the previous Undaunted games because of this. You don't need to learn a lot of new skills, but you do need to flex in a different direction with this game. So in this, uh, in this Undaunted game, you've got a couple different card types. Uh, you've basically got standard combat cards. These are going to represent your pilots, so to speak. And they, can, they are all tagged with a specific squadron, so you know who belongs with who. And of course, because this is an Undaunted game, all the soldiers have names. There's a lot more personality here you do start to get attached to them. It's an interesting way to add a lot of gravitas to this game, and it, it really is one of the reasons why Undaunted, I think, really stands apart from other stuff. The combat cards are very similar to those in Undaunted, except that, uh, like I mentioned before, you're going to see that that maneuver versus movement. That's a, a, a new concept. And you also have the concept of aces, which are denoted with a star, and they get some slightly different, um, slightly different rules. Then you have communications cards, and you'll know those because they have a, a little radio icon that kind of looks like a Wi-Fi uh, icon. And these are cards that basically augment your, um, your fighters. And this is how you do things like bolster and, and get more cards into your deck. Because remember, Undaunted at its core is a, a, a deck builder. You have the option of guiding, which lets you basically force, um, force emotion. Uh, that, that maybe your, your previous turn didn't allow or you're using it to augment a previous turn. Um, you have the ability to inspire, which lets you uh, get some extra maneuverability out of a squadron and coordinate. And all of these are based on whether or not those squadrons are in communication with each other. It's really important to kind of make sure that you're not just positioning your planes for the kill, but also positioning your planes to give yourself maximum amount of flexibility within, um, within the cards in your deck. You also have what are called discord cards. These are kind of like the fog of war cards in the previous games where they just clutter your deck and you get them. They're a bad thing. You don't want them. And that is just the, the basics. There's, there's a lot of other things in here uh, that are very scenario based like barrage balloons, which can um, provide additional cover 
uh, for the planes to hide behind. There's clouds that will often show up in the different scenarios, and the clouds can provide more cover. Just like in previous games, the combat is is a combination of a dice roll, and you're looking to get a die that is higher in quantity to score a hit than the combination of the natural armor rating of a character plus any cover that they might have plus range. And that concept is still retained here. But there's also the concept of getting behind a fighter. And in that respect, you get an extra die when you're behind a fighter, which is kind of cool. Just gives you a higher chance of scoring a hit. And yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the, the big concepts there. So you already mentioned that the rule book has the, you know, if you've been here before, this is how you need to play. Um, did you need, did you read anything else beyond that? Like how, how does the rule book do? Oh no, I read the whole thing. I read the whole thing and I'm glad that I did. Uh, much like the other Undaunted games, it does a really good job of presenting the basic rules, how they're laid out. And then it gives you gameplay examples so that you can very easily, um, figure out what's important. I love the way it's structured. Uh, it's structured in a really intelligent way. They put that, Hey, you know, you've played Undaunted. Here's, here's your shortcut page very, very early on. It's the, literally the first page after you open up the cover. The only downside is there really is no index, which can mean you do a little bit of flipping until you learn the rules. But one of the greatest things about Undaunted is that the rules really aren't that complex. So really, about halfway through your first game, you know everything you need to know. You're doing fine. Then it gets down to what um, additional things is the scenario that I've chosen uh, presenting me as a challenge. All right, so I'm looking at the pictures here on the board game geeks, and I'm kind of digging these map tiles. They look very modular. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And they're double-sided, which is cool. Um, when you create the map, it'll give you a series of tiles and which side to use. Well, it, the sides are basically like ocean on one side and land on the other. So it tells you which tiles to make into the land, and then you take any extra tiles, flip them onto the ocean side, and that, that forms the coastline because everything is occurring on the coastline in the Battle of Britain. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm. How does it compare? Because I remember the components of all the Undaunted games were pretty good. So how, how does it compare when sitting next to, to the, all the other expansions? It's identical. It's identical. They're, they're obviously using the same printer. It's very high-quality stuff. Thick cardboard all over the place. Uh, very high-quality print, and it looks beautiful. And once again, the Undaunted games are the king of respectful art. The The art does such a good job of invoking the time period and being original while being respectful uh, and not uh, being cartoony. Is there anything off in the execution of this game? Not at all. Not even a little bit. The box is fantastic. Comes with a plastic tray for you to to keep all your stuff so that you can keep everything nice and um, easy to access. Everything fits in really nicely even after it's open, which is awesome. The changes to the gameplay mean that you're not learning a new system but you are learning a new way to apply it. And the movement in particular and the way it's handled really is an interesting puzzle. Uh, so different from the previous Undaunted games. It ends up feeling radically different, even though it's essentially the same structure. So I guess, yeah, if we were getting really nitpicky here, the index would be the only thing that they didn't quite do right. That's but. the only complaint I had. And it's so minor because it's not a very long uh, rule book, but it just would have been nice to have. All right, and this, if I remember correctly, it's a two-player-only game? Yes, it is a two-player-only uh, only, only game. That makes sense. And, you know, getting a game that plays with multiple people also working with two players is difficult enough. I, I like it when the games focus on what they do good. 
All right, Jonathan, you have time for one last thing to say about this game. What is it? In the board game industry, it's so common for us to see somebody have a hit and then they produce 19 different versions of that hit, just churning them out over and over. But really, at its core, there's nothing different. You know, we've all seen it, right? Yeah. What's amazing about these Undaunted games is that every one of them that comes out, it has that same core. But the designers, David Thompson and Trevor Benjamin, have done such a fine job of creating a new combat puzzle utilizing that exact same framework. You have the skills that you need walking in the door if you've played Undaunted before. But you're going to be presented with a fresh way of applying those skills and a fresh thought process to to unlock and unwind. And that's one of the greatest things about these games. And this one in particular... Because of the nature of the movement, you're, you're, you're constantly moving stuff. You're using a lot more of the board. It's a lot more focused on where, it, where are you parking your units. And it's just, it's so, it feels so good and so fresh. And it's just a fantastic, fantastic change to the game. I'm really enjoying it. Well, that is Undaunted, the Battle of Britain. Thank the Lord it's not the Battle of the Lulula. <laughs> Wouldn't have gone well for you if it had been. No, no. Uh, available now wherever your, your fine board games are sold. I yeah, assume. I picked mine up at the FLGS. There you go. I think that's it. Well, Robert, have we come to that time? Say it ain't so, Jonathan. It feels too soon. Not if you've got Destiny 2 to go play. That's true. I got about an hour, though, but whatever. <laughs> Well, that, of course, does bring us to the end of another episode of the Forgot My Dice podcast. 145 in the can, my friend. Once again, join us on all of our digital domains. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Discord, definitely the most popular, by far. And thank you. So many people reached out with kind thoughts after the last episode, kind words uh, about uh, my dad's passing and my aunt's passing. And I really, I truly, truly, truly appreciate it. Um, Even if I didn't get a chance to respond to everybody individually, Um, Just know that every single one of those was written and appreciated and loved. And I I just, it was exactly what I needed when I needed it. And I really appreciate it. So with that, Robert, any final thoughts? Yeah, go over to the Discord and go to the podcast talk. And Renaissance Man Ray's Kid, I can't find which one. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. so good. But he's been messing around with... uh, you know, the forging. He's becoming a smith, man. Yeah, it's crazy. So you're gonna, are you going to get a knife? Oh, I was. it's so funny that you say that. I was just texting Ray about it today. Nice, nice. Ray was asking me, like, what I was looking for and lengths and stuff like that, and I was telling him how I just, I want something that I can add to my outdoor kit. You know, it's like, the, it's the kit that I take kayaking with me. It's the kit that I take camping with me. It's something that's going to be versatile enough for, you know, cutting through rigging, cutting through fishing fishing line that, that, you know, when you go kayaking a lot or when you go paddleboarding a lot, one of the things that you see a ton of is just fishing line that gets left behind in the environment. And it kills a lot of animals. So I always try and cut through it and get it out of there. But I still want something that's functional enough to help me prepare dinner if I'm camping, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's that's what I asked for. He was asking me about preferences on Handlewood. And, and I, yeah, I, I've always been of the mind that the smith will know. The smith will look at the blade and they will know exactly what it needs. So I, I, I have faith in his son's um instincts i'm gonna let i'm gonna roll the dice on that one 
Yeah, Ray posted the the knife that his son made for him for Father's Day, and and I. Ah, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. It's big too. Like, yeah, that's an intimidation knife right there. <laughs> that's not a knife. It is a knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I love it. It's red. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, whenever you get it, uh, make sure one of you guys out there posts pictures. Oh, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, it, I am so excited about um, ordering this from him, and not, not just because I get something cool out of it. Uh, it's, it's also the excitement of like, look, look at this person who's finding their love and their passion, and we get to support it. Like that's, that's always exciting. I wish my kids did something interesting, but all I get out of mine is snark. It's not true. You got to watch Alien and and, and hear funny comments. <sighs> I was going to make a joke about how they wield it like a blade, but you had to go ruin it with the good stuff. <laughs> Positive podcast. <right? laughs> true that. True that. I mean, I sent you those videos of Chloe watching it for the first time. Those were freaking hysterical. Those were good. That was good stuff. That was good stuff. All right. Well, then, in that case, front friend, it's uh, be excellent to one another. Party on, Robert. Party on, Jonathan. The music you heard in this podcast was intro by Elifiel. Additional music was provided by Brian Winkleman. Funding for the Forgot My Dice podcast was provided by our supporters on Patreon. Thank you 